uh, we are starting a new series, um, which is a time uh, in the church calendar called Advent. One more time, everyone say Advent. Advent simply means uh, arrival, and, and Advent is a season, like Aspen was saying, where we kind of look back and we remember the, the coming of Jesus, the arrival of Jesus. And what we do is we, we put ourselves in the shoes of people 2,000 years ago who are waiting for Messiah. Everyone say waiting. Waiting. Now, now like, waiting is, like, one of the most frustrating things ever, Right? Like, have you ever asked your parents for something and they, like, said that, like, dreaded four-letter word, wait? And, and, you're, and you're like, don't tell me wait, right? It's like, it's like the worst thing ever. But, like, we're really bad as a culture, as people, at waiting. But this is what the people of God did for centuries. For centuries, they waited for the promised Messiah who we know as Jesus Christ, who came to bring light to a dark and hopeless world. And so what I want to invite you guys into over the next few weeks as we lead into Christmas is, like Aspen was saying, is to remember why we celebrate this time of year. It sounds cliche, but, but we as Christians, we have no story. We have absolutely no hope if Jesus never came as a baby, right? Right, like we have no hope in Jesus' like, like beautiful teachings and his words and his death and his resurrection if he never comes and becomes a human, becomes like one of us to experience what we have experienced. So this is a really, really important time of year, and I'm excited to jump in. Tonight, or this morning, we're going to be talking about how Jesus is hope. Can everyone say Jesus is hope? Jesus is hope. That is true. Amen. Good stuff. Jesus is hope. Now let me ask you this question. What? is hope. I want, you, I want you to ponder that for yourself. What is hope? Like, like what is the meaning of that word, right? We, we may have a lot of different definitions of like what that word means. The Oxford Dictionary says it like this. It says, hope is a feeling of expectation and desire for a certain thing to happen, a certain thing to ha- happen for, for like a specific outcome, a Harvard Health study shows us that there is, there's definitely a, a clear correlation between us as humans having hope that is, that's actually like based in reality, which is not the same thing as, as optimism. Are any of you guys optimists? Any of you guys optimists? Like, like you're just always like glass half full, like positive. Any, any of you guys like, like that, right? Like, like you're like the, the, the person that like around this time of year, like, like tests are coming up, finals are coming up, and it's like, I didn't pay attention in math class. I didn't study for this final, but I want to do great. You guys ever, ever thought that before? And then for like 99% of us, it doesn't work out. There's the 1% that you just like are great test takers somehow. It's like you get everything right. and You didn't even know what you were like writing down. It's amazing. But like, like, it's, like uh, hope is not the same thing as it's kind of like a blind optimism of like, yeah, sure, like I, I, it'll work out. It's great. No, no, it, it acknowledges reality. It acknowledges the things going on. But, but what, this, what this health study shows is that, that hope is, is, is directly correlated, meaning like when we have hope, what it produces is, is achievement and, and, and success and higher motivation, higher mental health as well as physical health. The bottom line is, is that we need hope. Look at your neighbor and say, you need hope. Look at your other neighbor and say, you need hope too. You and I, we need hope. Right? We, we need hope. And like if, you, if you, like if you think about what is happening in our world today, right? Think about the things that you see in your school, in your families. And like if your family ever watches the news, like it's like the most depressing thing ever, right? It's like, like everything we see in our world, it shows the darkness that our world is in, right? 
the brokenness and the hurt that people are wrestling through. And, and you go into your schools and you're reminded of people that don't know Jesus and people who are, are lonely, people who are hurting inside. In the same way, Jesus comes into a really, really dark world 2,000 years ago. The, the people of Israel are being enslaved by, they're taken advantage of by, by the Roman Empire. And, and there's all these things happening where the world was dark and they needed light. They needed hope. Now what is, what is like scripture's definition of hope? Because we know that maybe the world's definition of hope is, is kind of based on like circumstances and, and things that may or may not happen. But I believe we as Christians have a much better hope. Everyone say a better hope. A better hope. There's, there's a lot of words for hope in scripture, but one of them is kava. Everyone say kava. Kavah, it comes from the, the Hebrew word kav, which means accord. And what kavah means is, is there's a tension that's produced when we wait. Right? Like this, this anticipation, like, is it here yet? Is it here yet? Is it here yet? Right? It's like, think about like six-year-old you, like, waiting for Christmas morning. Like, it's like 4 a.m. And like, you're banging on like your parents' doors. Like, it's Christmas! Right? Like, there's this anticipation. Right? And, and what, what this word means in the Hebrew kava is there's this anticipation for a moment like where when a cord is being stretched, there's this moment when it snaps, right? It snaps and like something changes. I, I, I want us to get like a visual of this. I need two really, really brave volunteers who, who are strong, wait, 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 who are strong and are okay with being hurt. Why did more hands go up? Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, that's, okay, that's kind of weird. Let's see. I, I'm going to go with a guy and a girl. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Hadley, come on up here. Hadley, come on up here. Everyone get up for Hadley. And let's go. I need, like, someone who's going to be, like, taller than, than Hadley. Let's go. Let's go you right here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got Yeah, in, in the hat. Yeah, yeah. Come on up. You're tall, too. This guy's pretty tall. All right, come on up here. Come on up here. Bro, I'm bet you. What's your, what's your name again? David. Everyone say, what's up, David. All right, this is what we're going to do. Grady, can you turn up the lights just a little bit? I want, I want us to be able to see this clearly. All right, this is what we're going to do. Have you guys ever been snapped by a rubber band before? Yeah? Yeah? You have? Do you have siblings? Yeah. Okay. Do you have, you, you have siblings. I know you have siblings. Have you, have you done it to them before? Yes? Okay, good for you. Good for you. Okay. <laughs> he was like, uh, have I? Uh, so this is what's going to happen. Is, is I want us to see this tension that's produced in waiting. This word kava. One more time. Everyone say kava. Because when we, when we are hoping for something, right, like how, how the Oxford Dictionary describes it is that like hope is based on, on something happening. It's, it's this desire, this, this hope that something will change, that, that there will be this certain outcome. But what I, what I want us to see is, is the tension that's produced in waiting. So, so come, nice, come nice and close, okay? This isn't, I, I won't make you guys do anything weird, all right? You can face each other, though. Say hi to each other. There you go. I love middle school. All right. I need, I need both of you guys to grab onto this rubber band. Just grab it. And I need, wait, wait, don't, don't pull. My man's trying to snap already. All right, just to keep it right there, and you have a nice firm grip, okay? Now, I want you guys to back up and straighten your arms, all right? Straighten your arms. There you go. All right, stay where you are. Stay where you are. This man, okay. Hadley, what I want you to do is take a small step back. You stay where you are, David. Hadley, take a small, small step back. I'm going to chill with you. Okay, okay, David, I need you to take a small step back. Hadley, I need you to take a small step back. Keep your arms straight. Keep, keep the tension. Oh, my gosh, okay. Okay, David, take a small step back. Stay where you are, Hadley. Be strong. Be strong. Stand your Take a step back, Hadley. Yo, this is a strong rubber band. Okay, both of you, take a small step back. Hold it. Oh, my goodness. All right, Hadley, lean, lean back. Lean back. Pull, pull, pull. Yo, what in the world? Hold on. My illustration isn't working. Okay, both of you, take another step back. 
Yeah. Yeah. All right. David, okay. David, you stay right where you are. Hadley, just walk back with it, all right? Just keep walking back with it. Just walk. Yo, okay, wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, wait, you can wait, walk back to each other. Walk back to each other. Okay, we're going to try this again. Maybe this one will snap, okay? Someone has to get snapped. Okay, let's try this again. All right, ready? All right, three, two, one. So straight arm, straight arm, straight arm. All right, take a small step back, both of you. Take a small step back, both of you. Take a small step back, both of you. Small step back. There it is. Okay. Okay. Give it up for, for David and Hadley. I know. That was really anti -clic. I'm going to see if this one snaps. I might just, okay. It did, it did snap. I don't know what happened. Okay. That was crazy. Okay. Whoa. This, this almost backfired on me on Wednesday. I thought it was going to work today. It like took forever for it to snap. But anyways, okay. Kava. Everyone say Kava. Okay. What this word means is it, it's, it's this like tension that's produced in waiting. And now, now this, is, this is what happens. It's for David and Hadley, right? They had no idea what was going to happen with this rubber band, did they? Did they, did they have any idea what was going to happen? No, right? Like, all, like they had no idea. Well, I guess they had some idea. It was either this is going to break and it's going to snap, snap the other person and I'll be happy. Or this is going to snap and it's going to backfire on me and it's really going to sting, right? Like it's really going to sting. Like they, they had no way of controlling the outcome of what was going to happen. This is what I want to suggest to us this, uh, this morning, is that the security of our hope, the security of our hope rests on the object of our hope. Are you with me? That, that the security of our hope, the, like the structural integrity, if you will, the thing that makes it stable, the thing that makes our hope something that is stable and trustworthy is completely based on the object of Hope. Everyone say the object. It's based on the object. So, so for David and Hadley, like this was the object, right? And what they were hoping is that as this rubber band snaps, ouch, that kind of hurt. As the rubber band snaps, that, that it would snap the other person, not them, right? But like Hadley had no way of controlling what happened, did she? Like David had no idea, like even though he's taller and like maybe like a little bit stronger than Hadley. Hadley's a beast. But like he's a little bit stronger than Hadley. Like it didn't matter. Like he had no way of controlling the object of his hope left them feeling maybe anxious, right? Like if I was right there, I'd be anxious. Oh my goodness, please. Like, like, right, like it can leave you anxious, it can leave you worried, it can leave you feeling like, like, like it's all on you to make sure it works out. And friends, what we often do, pay attention, everyone look at me, look at me, look at me. What we often do is, is we try to place our hope in people or in earthly things that will eventually fail us, right? They'll, they'll eventually fail us. We try to put our hope maybe in ourselves, that, that if I'm good enough, if I'm always achieving, if I'm always doing better and better and better, then like I'll be successful or I'll be loved or I'll, like people will care about me. That's where my hope is. Or, or maybe like for you, like you put your hope in like someone else. Maybe it's a friend group. Maybe, maybe it's like your family that as long as I have them, I'll be okay. But then what happens in life is that people start to fail us, right? Like have you, have you ever been let down by something or someone before, right? Like when, when, when things start to let us down, when we place our hope in a certain outcome to happen, the reality is, is that the security of our hope, your ability to say, I can stand firm on this, is completely dependent on 
on the security, on the object of your hope. I want to say the object of my hope. The object of your hope. And this is what I want to propose to us this morning. That our anchor as Christians, pay attention, our anchor as Christians is in the promises of God and the faithfulness of his character. Are you with me? Are you with me? That, that the faithfulness, or that, sorry, that the, the, the anchor for us that we have as Christians is the promises of God and the faithfulness of his character. And I believe that God has shown himself faithful in my life, in your life, in scripture time and time and time again. And because he is faithful in his character, that means when he promises something to us, guess what? He's faithful to do it. Are you with me? Are you with me? Look at Hebrews 10, 23 with me. Hebrews 10, 23. This is what it says. We have it, Nick. There it is. It says, let us hold fast. Everyone say, hold fast. Grab, grab your neighbor and say, hold fast. There you go. There you go. There's, I, I, I want you to get that. Like there's a, a holding fast. There's like a, I'm not going to let this go. Let go of your neighbor. Don't be weird. But I'm not going to let this go. Let us hold fast. Everyone say, hold fast. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. Why? For he who promised is faithful. Keep that up there, Nick. Everyone, everyone listen, everyone listen. Look at me, look at me, look at me. This, what this verse is saying is that we have, we have something that we can hold fast to. We, we have as an anchor for our soul, an anchor, the thing that keeps like a, a ship steady in the midst of, of waves and wind, in the midst of like the hard things in life. But guess what? They will happen. Maybe some of you are experiencing that right now. Like life is difficult and like you're trying to find something to steady you. Or, or like in the future, even if life is really good right now, it's like difficult things will happen. We live in a broken world, right? And, and we fall short and the people around us fall short. The thing that anchors us, that keeps us stable is not ourselves. The thing that keeps us stable is this, is that we can hold fast the confession of our hope for he who promised is faithful. I'm going to say he's faithful. He is faithful. So this is what I want to do. I just want to give us two really simple promises that, that I believe the Lord just wants us to hold on to in this season. I believe that, that we, see, we see very clearly demonstrated in the season of Advent. Okay, so two, two promises here. Number one is this, is that God never leaves us or forsakes us. God never leaves us or forsakes us. Look at Deuteronomy 31.6. This is the word of the Lord. I want, want you guys to be encouraged by this. Maybe even just, just close your eyes right, right where you're at and just listen to these words closely. It says, be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them, for it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. It is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. You can open your eyes. You can open your eyes. I love, I love this verse. Who's ever heard this promise before? Right? Like this is, this is a really, really common promise that we remember in Scripture that God says, I will never leave you or forsake you. We see Jesus during his, during his lifetime on earth. He says, surely I will be with you always. Everyone say always. I will be with you always. Even to the end of the age, Jesus promises that he will be with us. We can, we can hold on to this. And this is what Advent reminds us of. Look at John 1, 14. John 1, 14 is a, a familiar verse for many of us, but it says this, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. 
The word became flesh and dwelt among us. What we can remember at Advent, what we hold fast to is that we have a God who does not leave us or forsake us. And what we see is that that 2,000 years ago, Jesus comes and he takes on human flesh, right? He comes and he's he's born as a baby. He's, He's born as a baby who is dependent on his mom and dad just to be able to live. And friends, I want to encourage you this morning. Everyone look at me. Everyone look at me. Stay locked in with me. I want you guys to focus. What I want to encourage you in is this. That the Advent reminds us that no matter the darkness that we're walking, no matter the darkness that's in the world, no matter the darkness that you and I feel, we have really, really good news. That God's response to darkness, that, that God's response to sin and to brokenness and to, and to the darkness of the world is not to like take a step back and disengage. It's not to say like, oh, like, like you, you're really messy over there. Like you got to clean yourself up and, and then maybe I'll come to earth. No, no, no. In the midst of the darkness of humanity, what does Jesus do? He comes close. Right? He, he comes close. He, he comes close by literally taking on flesh and dwelling among us. He becomes a human and he dwells with his people. And friends, if you feel like God is ashamed of you. If you feel like your darkness is too dark for the savior of the world, for the light of the world, can I tell you good news this morning? That God loves you so much that he sent his only son for you so that you could have hope today. That no matter what you go through, no matter what you struggle with, whether you are, you are like feeling like the worst of sinners, whether you feel like God would never even like want to like give you a thought, his mind is on you. He loves you and he sent his son so he could be with you. What we hold on to during Advent, what we're reminded of, is that God never leaves us or forsakes us. Amen? Number two is this, the second promise that we are reminded of in this season of Advent, is that he does not quit on his people. That God does not quit on his people. Look at this familiar passage in Romans 8. Romans 8.28 says this, it says, and we know That for those who love God, all things, everyone say all things. All things work together for what? For what? All things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. Friends, what we see during Advent, what we're reminded of is that we have a God who does not quit on his people. If you've, if you've ever picked up this book before, and if you ever read the Old Testament, where we see like what the people of God are like, the people of Israel, what we see time and time again is that they suck, right? Have you ever, have you ever read the Old Testament? Like, like the, the people of Israel are like horrible, right? Like, like time and time and time and time again, what do they do? They fail, like they fail, they fall short. Like, like God splits the Red Sea, he does amazing miracles. He delivers them from, like, from being slaves. And what happens a few chapters later? They make like a golden calf and they start worshiping this little idol that they made rather than the God who brought them out of slavery and did miracle after miracle to prove, I want relationship with you. Right? Like, like you keep reading through this book and like God continues to be faithful and to show his beauty and his goodness. Pay attention, look at me, look at me. And in the midst of human sin, in the midst of, like, or sorry, in the midst of God's goodness, in the midst of him showing his mercy and his grace, the people of Israel continue to be unfaithful. And you know what, what I see in John 1? Is that God does not quit on his people. 
that in the midst of their unfaithfulness, God says, I know that you're walking far from me. I know that you're putting your hope in idols. You're putting your hope in, in yourself, thinking that you are enough. Or if you have enough money, if you have enough popularity, if you're good enough at, at the sports you do, at the thing that you're involved in, that, like, that, that you have everything, I know that you're living in sin. But I still came for you. I'm not going to quit on you. And friends, let me tell you this, like, in, in love. I need, I, like, this is a reminder for all of us. That God does not owe us a single thing. Everyone look at me. I want you to hear this really, really clearly. God does not owe you a single thing. He doesn't owe you any blessings. He doesn't owe you life to live. He, he doesn't owe you a single thing. We deserve nothing. But what does Advent remind us of? It reminds us that Jesus came. In the midst of his people's brokenness and sin, he says, yeah, I have every right to say I'm done with you. To walk out on you and say, I'm done, I'm finished. He has every right to look at any of us and say, all right, you said you're going to love me. You said you're going you're to bring worship as an offering like a billion times, but you're still stuck in all these different things. I'm done. What does our Savior do? What does our Savior do? Look at John 1, 12 with me. John 1, 12 says this. But to all who did receive him, to all who did receive Jesus, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. To become children of God. Look at me, look at me. What we're reminded of during Advent is that no matter our sin, no matter our brokenness, that Jesus came to earth to bring his people back into his family to bring his children, to bring his broken sons, his broken daughters back to himself. And he says, I love you. I love you. I know you're going to fall short. I know that, that you're going to try to find hope in all these different things that are temporary and they're going to let you down. I know you're going you're gonna to go to other things and, and you're going to forget about me. But I'm still going to send my son for you. My son's going to become weak. He's going to come dependent. He can't even sustain his own life as a baby, the very son of God, dependent on his parents to be able to take a breath. God says, I don't quit on you. Friends, I just want you to hear these, these simple promises this morning that God does not leave you or forsake you. No matter the darkness that you feel like you're in, no matter how many times you feel like you fall short, if you are in darkness because of shame or guilt, maybe fear or disappointment, will you hear me this morning? Please hear me. Please hear me. God is with you. That's what gives you hope. Because even when circumstances don't change, even when we don't always get what we want, guess what? God is with you regardless of how faithful you are to him. That promise is based on his goodness, not your goodness. He never leaves us or forsakes us. And number two, God does not quit on you. You cannot out-sin or outrun the grace of God. He's a lot faster than you. He's a lot faster than you. He's a lot more merciful than we could even understand. Will you stand with me as we go into a time of prayer?